0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're still not on TikTok, our next guest might change your mind. The app isn't just endless dance trends and lip sync videos, it's quickly becoming the epicenter of cultural conversations for Gen Z. And some users turn to it for their news. Now, confession time. The Reset team is TikTok obsessed. And that's if we're being generous. We even got Reset's very busy executive producer Dan to download the app, too. So we wanted to learn from some of our favorite journalists on the app about how they build an audience and keep track of trends and keep you interested and informed. So joining us now is Chris Vasquez, an associate producer on The Washington Post's TikTok team. Welcome to Reset, Chris. Thanks so much for having me, Sasha. Also with us is Jack Corbett, the video producer for NPR's Planet Money. Hey, Jack.
1: Hey there. How's it going?
0: Chris, how did you go from traditional journalism to these short-form videos? Yeah, so
2: I was studying journalism throughout college. I went to school at Northwestern in Evanston for undergrad and then at the Chicago campus for grad school. Um, So I was doing things that were a bit more documentary style and more explainer style for YouTube. Um, I landed an internship in the Washington Post Theater Department the summer after graduating. And uh, did a stint one week with the TikTok team. They asked me back at the end of the summer, and then I kind of stuck around from there.
0: I love the fact that they actually have a TikTok team. That's incredible. <laughs> what, what is your origin story, Jack? And tell us what it's like to make TikToks for a living, essentially.
1: Oh well, yeah. First off, the the it's 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 like a it's a dream come true because <laughs> you can just kind of scroll on TikTok like on the clock, and it's like, like I'm sure plenty of people do that. Yeah, and you're not like,
0: being uh, idle; this you're actually crazy. working.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. But my my origin story is is maybe a little less. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I was studying experimental film and avant-garde cinema, so like my background is making like really weird karaoke videos. So it's like not exactly journalism. Um, but then I yeah I got an internship at um, NPR for like Tiny Desk.
0: Oh okay cool. And the rest the rest is history. I mean your videos they've got a, a pretty different tone from the rest of NPR's programming. So I wonder if it took any convincing for you to start the account.
1: Well I mean I don't know I think it was like it, NPR is always like super super down to like experiment especially like video wise. So it was like you know it was we shot it out there. We threw out like a very, very weird video about this thing called the stock market circuit breaker. And um, I don't know, people responded well to it. So I mean, yeah, it's 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 definitely pretty weird. But I think like of all like the platforms out there, TikTok is the place for like weird, as long as you're being like authentically weird.
0: Right, exactly. And it's all acceptable on TikTok. Uh, Chris, TikTok's don't follow the same format as TV news or even YouTube videos. I want us to listen to the beginning of one that you made on Monday.
2: Are you the guy who finally became House Speaker after 15 rounds of voting? Yeah, who are you? I'm the last House Speaker to be elected after more than 10 ballots. Oh, when was that? Before the Civil War. So how do you get all the votes you needed? By weakening the position and empowering my party's hardliners. Right, right. What does that mean? Well, it means that hard right Republicans can vote to kick me out of my job more easily. Uh-huh. But they promised they wouldn't misuse that. Well, have they ever jeopardized somebody's position as House Speaker in the past? Twice. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so here this is you playing two characters, right? You're playing House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and nineteenth century House Speaker William Pennington. How do you how do you do this? How do you go about adapting research and reporting to, to such a short format?
2: So I think one part of it for TikTok specifically is to just try to see how kind of off the wall you could be in a way that is funny, but that still makes sense. And so time travel has become like kind of a frequent motif in our TikToks, to be honest. And so when I started hearing mentions in our own coverage about how the last House Speaker to be elected after this many rounds of voting was in the 19th century, it kind of seemed natural to do a time travel gimmick for a TikTok and then... I think just ha- kind of having two characters juxtaposed like that, like one character who might just not be up to speed on what's happening, i.e. the 19th century speaker um, versus Kevin McCarthy, somebody who would know everything about this story um, is helpful in informing an audience. So you have one character who's asking all these questions and trying to figure out what's going on and somebody else there to explain it. So I think it's a natural point for TikTok in that it works as sketch comedy, but it also works as journalism because just, there's that clear explanatory element to it.
0: Yeah. Well, Chris, what goes into building an audience on TikTok? I'm asking for a friend.
2: So I think a big part of it is building a persona. I think when I play myself and not have speakers from various decades in a TikTok, I try to kind of curate a specific personality that TikTok Chris has. And I kind of like to describe him as kind of a naive fanboy who is often not up to speed on what's happening in the news and needs other characters and other stakeholders across different stories to explain that to him. And when he does know what's happening, he likes to explain it in accessible ways using pop culture references that might resonate with a wider audience or with a niche audience that's very connected to a specific fandom. Um, so I think a big part of building an audience is kind of being, finding this line between consistency where a loyal audience will keep coming back for something mm-hmm. and creativity. where We could continue expanding and experimenting and building that audience.
0: All right, let's keep listening. This is the beginning of one of Jack's videos. Almost unionized.
2: So
1: many of us are unionizing. Unemployment's low, so workers finally have bargaining power. I- I've seen the Starbucks headlines too, but you got to remember, of their 9,000 stores, only 3% are unionized. Support for unions is at its highest in decades, but actual union membership is at a historic low. But unions are popular, and they're created democratically. Well, it's, it's union-busting. Companies
0: have tons of tools to kill momentum. So, Jack, here you are playing two different characters as well, but both of them are kind of just you. So how would you describe the persona that you've created for your TikTok?
1: oh yeah um i i don't know it just kind of like ap- it appeared like i was just making the videos um i think it's it's kind of like who i what what would i act like when no one else is around and like thankfully i can make these TikToks like in complete like isolation and i think like yeah it's like you sort of like bounce off the walls a little bit um <laughs> but yeah yeah
0: are you nervous um, when you put like, them out yeah, that- Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I was thinking: Are you nervous when you you put them out, right? Because it's you're making them in complete isolation, as you just said. But then you you do have to export them at some point and publish them, and then we get to see this side of you. Is that nerve wracking? Yeah, you know,
1: I, I, I it was nerve wracking at the beginning because I was like, oh no, I want like all the comments to be like, oh this guy's cool and all. But now it's <laughs> like, I'll, I'll post I'll post the TikTok and then I'll just delete the app from my phone and then I have to post it all yeah I mean like yeah sometimes I mean if I just need a real clean break
0: yeah well that's a great way to stay away from reading the comments as they say you should never read the comments right how do folks react how do folks react when they meet you and you aren't the TikTok version of yourself in real life
1: Oh, that's – it's so funny because you, you'll be, like, walking down the street and, like, someone will come up to you and they'll start talking about, like, fractional reserve lending. And I'm like, man, <laughs> I'm just, like, on my walk to get an apple. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's very funny because people think you are a certain way on the internet. Um, and you are just, like, you know, that what they think is, like, this, like, kind of carefully crafted, almost like a shield. Um, but, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's very funny. It's very funny. And it's also kind of, like – I don't know. It can be, like, a little stressful because you're, like – well, I, I, I was that disappointing for them. Like, I'm not like you know. It's like I'm 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 just like a real guy. I'm not like bouncing around in front of the green screen in front of like, right. Microsoft Paint exactly,
0: exactly. Chris, how is this for you? What, what's your experience here? Are, are you TikTok famous? Are are folks running into you, recognizing you, and are are they disappointed that, that you're not the same? <laughs> <I> hope not.
2: <laughs> I think I think it's a similar sentiment to what Jack described, where You know, I run into people and I think they do have this expectation of what I'll be like based off of my TikToks. And I was having a conversation once with another video producer at The Post who I was collaborating with on a shoe. And she was talking about how much of an introvert she is. And I said, oh, yeah, the same is true for me. And she said, oh, I never would have pegged you for an introvert based off of the TikToks that I watch because this is our first time meeting. And I think it's just interesting that people could form this idea of who I am when it's true that I do bring parts of who I am and exaggerate that to my job and to my TikTok persona. Mm -hmm. But there are also parts of myself like being shy and being probably more scared of the people I meet on the street than they are of me um, that they might not necessarily see all the time. So, you know, I hope they're not disappointed and I hope that I come off as shy and terrified as opposed to to meeting (laughs) new people.
0: Yeah. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking to Washington Post TikToker Chris Vasquez and NPR video producer Jack Corbett about all things TikTok and how to be successful at it. Chris and Jack help keep you informed using the social media app. So we are just here soaking up some knowledge. So, Jack, I, I want to play part of another one of your videos. This is your most recent one, actually.
1: I feel better about paying my taxes if I just knew where my money's going. No, you won't. Who are you? I work for National Public Radio. I'm here with the tax breakdown you paid for. Here's where your money I paid for this? Uh, sort of.
0: So the topics that you cover, Jack, they aren't flashy, right? A lot of people think economics is a boring subject. So how do you make economics and and finance actually digestible for the average viewer? And, And how do you keep folks from scrolling away? like
1: I, I i i did think it was pretty boring for at the beginning i was like oh no economics i have to make economics but no it's it's very weird it's the, the concepts are very weird and they're very funny just like in in and of themselves um yeah i mean like i think with economics there's so many like ideas that you just hear and you don't really know what they are like you know you hear about tax brackets you hear about like you know, um, here about unionizing, and it's like, oh, these seem like very complicated subjects, or like, you know, it's like, am I have to take like a class? And like, you know, you look it up, and like, you find definitions that have like all these other words that need definitions in them. And um, I think, yeah, I think a plan of money, we can just kind of break that down and kind of like, you know, say it like like a normal person would say it mm-hmm. instead of like a textbook.
0: Right, right. Well, Chris, your team tried to get suppressed on the app last year. Let's listen.
1: The Washington Post is writing a series of articles about TikTok. Our colleagues spent months reporting on it. The third article in the series talks a little bit about suppression, China's ownership of the app, and privacy concerns.
2: I made some TikToks about this last year. Nobody saw them, though, because they were probably suppressed.
0: To demonstrate how this works, we made a TikTok that didn't include words that we think get suppressed.
2: Then we made this TikTok that you're watching. We're actively trying to get suppressed in this TikTok.
0: Death. Link in bio. Racism.
2: Homophobia, transphobia, depression, human trafficking, pandemic.
0: Disability, white supremacy, hate, uterus, periods, suicide. Healthcare worker, anti-Semitism, indigenous, assault, identity politics. (gasps) That ought to do it. So what happened, Chris?
2: We went viral by accident. And so, for those who aren't familiar with suppression as a concept, one thing that creators often run into is that sometimes their videos will get unusually low traffic for, or than what they're used to, often when they use certain words relating to politics or social justice issues, and even when they follow all the best practices for making a TikTok that they usually follow and that usually results in much higher traffic. I see. Um, so, we were, um, some of our colleagues were reporting on this in. As a part of a much longer series about tiktok and its uh, growing prominence um so we tried an experiment on tiktok where we would have basically a tiktok number one where we wouldn't use any words that we think would get us suppressed um and then a second tiktok where uh we did use all those words i think where the experiment failed is that in the first tiktok we asked people to come back and tell us where they found the second tiktok did they find it on their for You page, which for those who aren't familiar, is basically the home page of the app, or do they have to go to our page to find it or find it through some other means?
0: Because mm-hmm. one
2: way that suppression can work is the app could make a video ineligible for recommendation on the For You page. Um, a lot of people ended up coming to our comment section and saying where they found it, and that is one big factor that drove our traffic up in that second video.
0: I see. Wow. That was that was incredible. How have you seen the app change, Jack, since you first started?
1: Um, I guess maybe like when people talk about it, I think when I first heard about TikTok, I was in the elevator at NPR and like, there was another intern and she was talking about it. Like, it was like this, like kind of like this secret. It was like so cringe. It was like, oh yeah, I have a TikTok. It's like a- embarrassing. And I mean, like when I started downloading, I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing too. It's like, oh, I'm an adult. Um, I don't need this, but now it's like ubiquitous. I mean, like everyone has a TikTok. Like I, like, you know, anyone I meet, I'm just going to assume they have a TikTok Um, like my parents do. I mean, maybe because I make the TikToks, but like I feel like they would anyways.
0: Oh, so you've created a TikTok account for your parents?
1: No, no. They're very tech savvy. They can make it themselves. Oh,
0: wow. Okay, cool. Cool that they're even on there. Mine aren't. Well, my dad, I just discovered during the holiday break, he has downloaded TikTok. And I was like, well, what are you doing? Are you going to create an account? And he said, oh, no, I'm just there for the jokes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so he's doing what he does. Uh, but, you know, a couple times a year, though, we hear that some states are going to start banning TikToks. Do you think it's here to stay, Jack?
1: Um. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we there was like a big scare about like a TikTok ban back in like August of 2020. And I remember when I heard about it, I was like, I think I went through like every stage of grief because I had like kind of just got the platform. I was like, oh, my gosh. My job is gone now. Um, but I don't know. It's like, I mean, it's happened so many times. People talk about banning TikTok. I don't think I think it's here to stay personally um, just
2: because it's because uh, it's so fun.
0: Yeah. So fun. Why, why? What do you think, Chris?
2: I think that right now it is kind of a hip and happening place. You know, like you said in the intro to this segment, this is becoming an epicenter for cultural conversations among Gen Z, among millennials. Um, you know, a huge part of our audience on TikTok is in their 20s and as news organizations like the Washington Post are trying to attract younger and more diverse audiences, a huge part of that effort right now is meeting them where they're at, and that includes meeting them on TikTok.
0: What are some of your favorites that you've made?
2: For me, I think um, I've launched a series recently called Variant Cover, which is where I kind of take those elements my persona of that, you know, kind of fanboy element. I explain the news a lot of times using Marvel references and this series, uh, I bring my own original reporting and conduct my own interviews about topics relating to race, class, gender, sexuality, and disability, and approach them through a kind of more accessible pop culture lens. Um, So I've been really proud of that series because it's gained a really loyal following. It's allowed me to kind of experiment with what works and what doesn't, not just in terms of adapting existing Washington Post reporting, which is what I do on a day-to-day basis, but in terms of doing my own reporting on the platform and seeing, okay, what resonates with an audience and what doesn't in terms of the way I film it, the way I edit it, um, things like that. So that's been a really fun experiment for me.
0: What about you, Jack? Some of your favorites that you've made.
1: I made one last year, which I'm still like really kind of proud of. Um, it's like a, basically like a how to unionize. Like, and I think the thing that was so surprising to me about making it is that it's really only like four steps. And I was just like, like every now and then, like, you'll run into a concept that like, you know, sounds bigger on paper, but like really it's, Simple. It's really, it's pretty pre, like the process is simple that like unionized be simple. But, um, and another one recently, um, about gentrification, just kind of like bigger, bigger ideas that, 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 you know, it's like I've had questions forever. Like, uh, you know, it's like the real definition, like mm-hmm. what, how it happens, where it starts. Yeah.
0: Well, here at Reset, we just started a TikTok. So leave us with some advice, you know, and, uh, and for other folks who might want to get started as TikTok creators. Chris, you first. I
2: think the first for me was to just scroll through the app and get a sense of what other people are doing. What is a general sense of what works platform? And then from there, how could you apply your own creative vision and your own strategies and your own goals for the platform? What are you trying to do there? What formats in general do you think would work for you? And how could you bring your own ideas to that?
0: Jack? Jack?
1: Um, yeah, I think like Chris said, I mean, like scrolling a lot, I don't think it's possible to have like a really good TikTok account unless you've done that, like nightmare scroll from like, you know, midnight until like 4am. Um, I think that's when you really get the good ideas. That's when like the lightning strikes. Um, (laughs) yeah. And just, yeah. Authentic. I feel like TikTok more than any, any other place that I found on the internet can just like point out like people being inauthentic or like, you know, trying to like, you know, fit in or like, like, yeah, just pretending. Um, yeah, just be yourself, be yourself.
0: Love that. Jack Corbett is a video producer for NPR's Planet Money and Chris Vasquez is an associate producer on the Washington Post's TikTok team. Thank you both.